Hi, this is Michael Buffer, and welcome to the Box Hard Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Mikey Garcia. Yo, it's your boy, the odd guy himself, Malik King Scott. Hi, I'm Charlie Edwards. This is Fast Eddie Chambers, and you're listening to the Box Hard Podcast with my main man, Joey Coastman. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 46 of the Box Hard Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Coastman. I'm not joined, as always, once again by Ayaz Sumra. If you listened to the show last week, you will know that he's gone missing. Nobody seems to know where he is. I was thinking about setting up a GoFundMe page, and then I decided not to, because, to be fair, we got on pretty good last week with the absence of Mr. Sumra. But he'll be back next week, and I'm very, very much looking forward to that. I really, truly am. Now, before we get into this week's show, I'd just like to take this opportunity to give a bit of a shout out to Philip Sims. Now, Philip Sims listens to the podcast pretty often. He gave me a nice piece of feedback a couple of weeks ago on another show that we did. So I'd just like to say, Phil, if you are listening on this week's show, like I expect you probably are, thank you very much for listening. We really, really, really appreciate it. And as for anybody else, if anybody else would like a shout out, you know what to do. You can find us on Twitter at Box Hard Podcast. Literally, you can get in touch. We'll give you a shout out. No problem whatsoever. Just get tweeting. Now, we're going to dive straight into part one. And this part of the show is the review part of the show. Again, you are listening to the Box Hard Podcast. This is also known as the World Championship Boxing Podcast as well. Yet another world champion on this week's show. Our first guest is a good guest, believe you me. Now we're going to start with the review part of the show. We're going to start with a little card taking place over in Lancashire, United Kingdom, of course. Again, not too much to review on this week's show. We're going to start with the top of the bill fight. Jack Catterall, 15-0 and 0 going into this fight, undefeated. It was actually up at welterweight, believe it or not. He fought a guy called Lucas Yannick. Jack Catterall, um, he moved to 16-0 and 0 pretty easily, to be honest. He won on points after eight rounds. And um, that's another win for him. So 16-0 and 0 for Jack Catterall now. And of course, he's now the mandatory to face Tyrone Nurse. And that's a fight I really would like to see. Also on that bill, former world title challenger, Jimmy Kilrain Kelly. 18-1 and 1 going into his fight on the weekend against Daryl Sharp. And Jimmy Kelly picked up the win here. Points win after 10 rounds. So he moves to 19-1. and 1. That one loss coming to the WBO light middleweight champion of the world. Liam Smith. But that's it for Lancashire. We're now going to go over to a fight that took place on the weekend over in Mexico. Antonio Margarito, 39 wins under his belt, eight losses. He looked to pick up his 40th professional win. He fought a guy called Ramon Alvarez, 23 wins, four losses and two draws. A guy that had mixed it a tiny bit. You know, he'd come up short a couple of times, of course. And Antonio Margarito managed to scrape a split decision winner after 10 rounds, this was at 154. This fight, so Antonio Margarito now 40 wins and eight losses. So he picks up his 40th career win. That's good stuff for him. But how much has he really got left in him? You know, the old Antonio Margarito would have probably knocked this guy out within the within the first two or three rounds. To be honest, um, this 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 caliber of opponent. But at the end of the day, we know about this. This is what happens quite often in boxing when fighters that have, are well past their, um, you know, their 
best before date go on a bit too long and they just can't seem to hang it up. And as I said last week, there's another fight following this one to review as well with a guy that really should have hung up a long time ago. Uh, we're now going to go over to Pensacola Bay Center, Pensacola, Florida, USA, top of the bill, Roy Jones Jr. There's not a man in boxing that really should hang up their gloves quicker than this guy. You know, it's been a long, long, long time now since he's been over the hill. He was the pound for pound number one fighter on the planet at one stage. And now he's not even in the top hundred in his division, to be honest. Uh, Roy Jones Jr., cruised to a 64th professional win for him in the cruiserweight division. So Roy Jones Jr. now 64 wins and nine losses. He beat a guy called Rodney Moore, someone I do not know a thing about, but his record now 17 wins, 12 losses and two draws for Rodney Moore. But that's really it for the reviewing. As I said, there really wasn't too much to review. And to be honest, there's not too much to preview. But of course, we're not going to take a week off here on the Box Hard podcast. That's not how we roll. We're going to go over to that part of the show now just before we bring on our first guest. We're going to go over to that part of the show where we talk about the funny name fighter. Now, the funny name fighter from last week was a guy called Hurricane Future. He was up against it over in Australia when we previewed the fight against Will Tomlinson. Now, Will Tomlinson had a record of 25 wins, two losses and one draw. He fought Hurricane Future. It was for the interim WBA Oceana lightweight title. Beautiful belt. And I tell you what, um, Hurricane Future, of course, went into this fight to lose. He had a winning record, of course, but he was very much the opponent here. And I tell you what, I was expressing that a lot of our funny name fighters keep losing. Well, Hurricane Future has broken the mold. He stopped his man in the first round with a left hook that concluded proceedings. That's what it's listed as. And Hurricane Future, absolutely booming win here. And he will be looking to set the division alight and really cause a storm here. I tell you what, what a fantastic win for Hurricane Future. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant stuff. And he picks up the interim WBA Oceana lightweight title. What a mouthful. What an absolute demolishing of an upset there. That's a huge, huge upset. So all the best, really, to Hurricane Future. We look to see him and hear from him in the future. Excuse the pun. But that's it for the funny name fighter of last week. We're now going to talk about a funny name fighter of this week. It's a guy who, to be honest, his fights keep seeming to not happen. They keep seeming to be um, scheduled to happen, and then they end up not taking place. And I don't know what that's about, but it's a guy fighting over in Ghana in this week coming up, Theophilus Dudu. We've talked about him before, and like I say, he's yet to make his debut. It's his first fight. It's very, very highly anticipated now, not just for me, for all the listeners of this podcast. We all want to see Dudu, and we've not seen him. And I'm not sure why that is. And I really want to know what's going on here, but uh, a lot of people seem to um, to not want to fight him. And, um, you know, we're hoping that it finally does take place. So I've gone for a few names. And to be honest, this was a standout name. And I think, to be honest, it's the, it's the standout name of all the names we've had on any week show. So uh, it's always a winner, Theophilus Dudu. And uh, hopefully his fight does take place. But that's really it. So I'm sorry if you've listened before and you keep hearing about Dudu. It just is what it is. He's the hands-down winner. There's no one that comes close to him whatsoever but that's it for the reviewing that's it for the funny name segment we're now going to bring on our first guest 
Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the former WBA lightweight champion of the world, Mr. Brandon Rios. Brandon, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. How's it going? Very good, man. Very good. It's my pleasure. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Just here chilling and relaxing right now. Just got back from a, a little vacation with the family, but other than that, I'm good. Excellent stuff. Excellent. Now, Brandon, tell us what you've been up to. Obviously, your last fight was in November against Tim Bradley. You were stopped in the ninth round. You didn't really look like the normal Brandon Rios that we know. What happened on that night? And what have you been doing since then? Oh, man, uh, that fight, you know, I, I'm not taking nothing away from Tim and Bradley. But, you know, of course, it wasn't me. Everybody knows why I fight. Everybody knows why when I come to fight, I come to fight. It was just, uh, other than that, it was just, you know, the training, the after weight laid off so long, I gained so much weight over the. I literally took a vacation, then didn't train or hit the gym, and it just really affected me. And it, it was pretty much the whole camp was just like the first five weeks was about trying to lose weight, and after that, it was just it was one of those things that was my fault. I don't take nobody blame for it. It was just my fault, and it is what it is. Now uh, that's it. You know well, what can I do about it? Nothing. The past is the past, and I can't concentrate on it no more. And we got to move forward. Absolutely. Now, of course, you've changed. You've changed trainer. You were with Robert Garcia. Now, from the outside, things looked, you know, things looked really good between you both. You seem like not only fighter and trainer, but also like best friends, like father and son. Sometimes things looked a little bit too jokey and less serious looking from the outside. Is that fair to say so? Oh, yeah, man. Me and Robert became really close, like I said. No, that, but I changed. I made the decision to tra- to change it. Nobody else made it. Uh, but it was a shock when I said I was going to change something else. Uh, it was just the fact that me and him became really, really close. That discipline in the gym wasn't there no more like it was at once. And it wasn't there no more, you know I mean? He couldn't tell me, don't stop fucking around, and then I'll just go back and do it myself. So <laughs> at the end of the day, it wasn't really the same no more, but... The connection, like me and him, we still we still really cool with each other. I'm still nothing nothing to say anything to say bad against the guy. You know, I really respect him, and then uh, I'm a big fan of his and his fighters. So at the end of the day, it is what it is. But you know, we move on, and we just ready for the next chapter in my in my career. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, as you just said, you know, you're, you're, you're still, the relationship's still good. Obviously, um, Robert Garcia's brother, Mikey Garcia, after a long layoff, got back in the ring a couple of weeks ago. We had him on our show a couple of weeks ago as well. Did you get to see his performance at all, Brandon? Oh, yes, I did. You know, like I said, I, I am a big fan of Robert Garcia. You know, I, I do, I liked his, uh, his fighters and everything. I, Mikey did an impressive, uh, impressive uh, win. You know, I was very happy for him. Uh, I love watching Mikey fight. You know, like I said, I'm one of. Uh, I love, I love, I love to see him back in the ring, and then I love to see his performance the way he did it, and he did his spectacular job. And, and I'm very happy for him. Very grateful that he came back and looked as good as he did. Looked like he never had a layoff. Yeah, yeah, me too. Now, how is the link up with the new trainer? You're with now um, Ricky Funes fighting out of the Goose and Jim in Van Nuys, if I'm not mistaken. How's that working for you? It's working very well. Ricky, Ricky's, uh, he's been on me. Uh, he's been, we've been doing a very, very tremendous job with each other. You know, I respect him a lot. He, he understands it and he's been on my ass like no other. And he's been doing an excellent job. You know, I'm very happy 
and very pleased about the training that that I chose, and that it's coming along very well. I'm very happy and very pleased. Are things different in terms of the training that you were used to with Robert? Do you do the same sort of drills with Ricky, or is there a lot different in change of strategy? Oh, oh yeah, man. Uh, it's different. You know, like I said, once you get used to one person for so long, of course it's going to be different. You're changing up, it's going to be different. But other than that, you know, his training regimen is pretty different. And then Robert, he's not trying to change me who I am. He he just added more arsenal and athleticism to my to my to my game. So you know he's not really trying to change the way I fight, nothing like that. He's adding more, like I said, more arsenal, more head movement, more lateral movement, more staying on my toes more often, not being flat-footed so much, and stuff like that. You know he's just doing a, a tremendous job, and I'm very pleased and very happy about the outcome that's been showing so far. That I ha- I have been showing in inspiring everything yeah that's great to hear and also just a little just a little quick note on the the atmosphere in the gym because obviously coming out of that 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 Robert Garcia gym in Oxnard it's very busy you know there's so many people in the gym all the time whereas the Goose and gym's a lot smaller sometimes it can be quite busy at times but most of the time it's pretty relaxed in there obviously it's a massive um change for atmosphere how's that working oh yeah you? you know it's working very well you know I do honestly me any gym I go to, any place I go to, any trainer I train, they're gonna see, they're gonna know, they're gonna know that Brandon Rose is there because the way I am, I have a great personality. Uh, I fucking, I joke around, I train hard and everything. But everybody knows that when I'm in the gym, I'm there because I'm very loud. I'm not quiet, and I do joke around. But other than that, the training regimen, the atmosphere is fucking great. You know, I go in there, I do my work. The concentration is on me. Ricky doesn't have that much people. He only has me a heavyweight. And his he has me heavyweight and his uh his nephew, and but they all got different times. And my time is my time, and he's mostly concentrating on me and does what I do, and does what he does best is to train me and teach me different ladder movement. He's on me 24/7. Like when I'm hitting the bag, he doesn't move away from the bag. He's right there on me when I'm hitting the bag. When it's time to do something else, he's right there with me. So it's good. It's good that the the gym is smaller, the atmosphere is quieter, but it's also good for myself because I concentrate more and I, I'm not fucking around as much like I was, but I'm there to train and be ready. Yeah, for sure. Now, after the Bradley fight, obviously, you announced your short-lived retirement. Was that just because of all the emotions, you know, being so high right after that loss? No, no, no. Honestly, I really did consider about it. You know, I really did want to, but, you know, I I came back home. My wife talked to me. She goes, is that what you really want? And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I think I've I done enough already. I've been boxing all my life. And she just told me, make sure that's what you want because I don't want you to come back when you're... 40 years old or something like that, trying to make come back and hurt yourself. Uh, I don't want to. Do, I don't want you to be that type of guy. So if you're gonna quit, make sure you quit and retire. Or don't come back and try to do it again because it, it's not. It's not gonna work. And I was like, you know, so I thought about it and I thought about it and I decided to come back. That's why. That's why I became. That's why I was like, you know what? It wasn't one of my best performance. It. It wasn't me that night. Fuck it, I'm going to try to get one more go at it. If I lose my next one, then maybe it is time for me to hang it up. But 
Right now, I'm going to give it all and let's try it again. And have you got any idea at the moment, Brandon, when you're likely to get back into the ring? Uh, right now, no. I know that right now there's uh, promotional problems right now that they're trying to hold me and everything. So we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, Top Rank hasn't really gave me dates. They really haven't talked to me or anything about any type of date. So uh, it's one of those things that kind of sucks, but it is what it is, I guess. And we just got to wait it out and see what's going to happen. But just stay in the gym, stay active, and be ready all the time, you know. Uh, this time I'm actually in the gym. I'm actually training. I'm not taking time off. Only since that, what, a week, a week and a half off when I went on vacation. But other than that, I haven't really took time off. It's one of those things where at the end of the day it comes down to top rank, what they're going to decide and what they're going to do. Uh, I'm waiting for them to give me a date. I'm waiting for them to give me something. My contract is almost up already. And they haven't came to me and talked to me about any offer deals or anything like that or any type of a renewal if they want to renew me again or something like that. So uh, we don't know what's going on with them. I've been trying to see what's going on with them, but obviously it's kind of hard and difficult, I guess, because they had the Toro Crawford fight and then they had another fight. And, you know, it is what it is. But hopefully we find out something soon. Yeah, I hope so too. Um, Brandon, obviously, you know, by the time any potential fight for yourself does get lined up, it would have been quite a long layoff since the Bradley fight. Um, would you be coming into, you know, some kind of warm-up fight? Or are you at the stage in your career now where you really can only get motivated for the bigger fights? Oh, no, you know, that's one thing I do want to... Because I've been fighting a lot of hard opponents and, you know, I did... So I think I deserve a little one more fight before I get back into the mix with the big one. I understand that yeah. I did lost my last two performances, and I understand that I do got to start back over. So you know what? If I got to start back over, then start back over. But I can say that I'm I got the hunger in me again, and that I'm ready to to show everybody that I'm not done yet. The people that thought I was done, people that doubted me, the people that think that Reels is a shot fighter already, and he's over his heels. I want to come back and show them that I'm not. I'm still young in the sport, and, you know, it was just... I had a bad night like everybody else had bad nights. And it was just... happened to have... It happened to went the way it did, and I'm glad it did. went that way because it opened up my eyes to see who are the real people and who are the fake people around me. It kind of helped me in the long run. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, when you return, will you be at 147? Yes, 147. That's my weight class. I still feel comfortable... I made that way perfectly fine still. It was just the fact that since the Packer fight, you know, I took a long vacation off and then Top Rank hit me with the fucking deal about, like, not even that long ago, like, when I got the Bradley fight, oh, you want to be ready for Bradley, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, fuck it. You know, me, as a warrior and as a fucking retarded kid, I should have said, you know what, I'm not ready for that. I'm not ready for that yet. You know, I barely... (laughs) I've been in the gym, but you know what I mean? As a stupid kid, I said, okay, cool, let's do it. But it kind of bit me in the ass, but at the end of the day, fuck it, it is what it is. And now uh, we know what we have to do to be ready, so we don't have to get ready. Yeah, for sure. Now, there was a, a few talks um, with Kel Brook back and forth from your team and his team. We kind of got the story this side of the water. You know, Kel Brook and, and his promoter kind of said their side of the story. I just wanted to give you a chance to get your side of the story ac- across to some of the UK fans. What actually happened there, Brandon? Uh, all I know is that what happened there that 
shit. Honestly, I don't even know. All I know, they told me, my manager called me and said, Kelper wants to fight you and this and that. That Hearns, I think that's the name is, they offer you the fight with him, this and that, but you're going to get paid this much and this much and this much. But I was like, I would love to go to England and fight him, which I do have a lot of fans out there because most of my merchandise shipments goes out to England and stuff like that. So I was like, yeah, definitely, let's do it. And then... I don't know if they priced themselves out or what happened, but then again, it never happened. So I don't really know what happened in that fight. All I know, I was ready to fight him in his backyard. I don't really care where it was at, but I, honestly, I don't really know what happened to that fight. It just it blew out the water, I guess, or he was asking too much money or something like that. Yeah, because I know he tried to stage a fight with the WBO champ, obviously Vargas, and that seemed to not happen. So I'm not too sure what's going on there. A few people, um, a bit, you know, getting a bit sick and tired of the Kelbrook saga at the minute. But um, have you got your eyes? I know that obviously is, um, is you know, you need to get back in the picture first. But have you got your eyes set on any of the champions, any of the fighters at one four seven that you'd like to fight? Anyone in particular? No, nobody right now. You know. I don't. Have, I'm not setting my eyes on nobody. Uh, like I told you, man, I I know I got to work my way back up to the top, and I I'm not I'm not in the capability of calling out anybody or challenging somebody right now, because I look horrible in my last performance and it wasn't the best performance myself. And I came out and I came out the on the B side, so I'm not I'm not in the capable of or in the Calling out anybody. I'm not in that right now in that category yet. Uh, first, let me get some wins back in me. Let me get back to the top, and then then we can call out people. But right now, uh, I'm just looking to get back in the ring, and hopefully soon. Yeah, yeah, of course. Now, in the in the time that Brooke was trying to find an opponent, he found one, Gennady Golovkin. What's your thoughts on that fight, Brandon? It's a bit of a uh, mad one, to be honest. Yeah, that guy... He always wanted a big fight, uh, and he got his big fight. And good luck to him on that fight. I think he's going to get murdered. Uh, I think Westman is just too big and too strong for him, and Kilbrook is going up in two weight classes just to fight him. But, hey, much respect to the guy. He shows that he had balls. He's not a lot of people that at middleweight that is scared of boarding him. But, hey, good luck to him, and... I don't see that fight going the distance. I see that fight that part in the in my eyes I see that fight going let me see I think the first few rounds, uh Golovkin's gonna play with them, then he's gonna get tired of them, then I think he'll knock him out like in the six between the six, seven and eight. Okay, I definitely, uh, definitely re- remember your prediction, and we will see on fight night. Um, also, obviously. You know, good good friend of yours before turned a bit of a foe. Uh, Victor Ortiz, he fought Berto a couple months back now. I uh, just wanted to get your reaction to, to his performance, to be honest. A lot of people label um, Victor Ortiz as a bit of a quitter. I don't really like to say that too much about boxers. I think it takes guts to get in the ring. But, you know, he kind of done his usual here. What was your thoughts on his performance? Uh, you know, he he fought and he did what he did. But, you know, honestly, I don't really want to comment too much about that guy because I can't comment too much because that fight's never going to happen. So there's no point of me talking about him or saying anything about him or even bad-mouthing him because at the end of the day, that's what's going to happen. There's never going to be anything positive come out of my mouth about that guy. So I'd rather not just talk about him. 
Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Um, Brandon, I want to ask you a bit of a fun question now. I've only got a couple of questions left. Um, I like to ask this question just recently to a lot of different guys from all over the world. If you could make any kind of fight, you know, any weight class, if you would like the promoter God, you had the rights to every single fighter in the world, which fight would you make over every other fight in world boxing right now? Let me see. Any fight. I would, well, they're really going to make one, which I was really looking forward to, is the Andre Ward and the... Uh, Kovalev. So, what's his name? Kovalev. That's the one I wanted to see. Uh, let me see another one. Let me see. I would like to see... Fuck. If <laughs> Mayweather was in fucking uh, Triple G's way, I would like to see that fight. Yeah, that would be a good fight. that fight's never going to happen. That nah. would have been a good fight. But let's see. Honestly, I don't really know. Honestly, I it's can't hard. Really... It's hard. Yeah, he's a hard one. Yeah. yeah. I can't really put any names to it in, in form. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a bit of a hard one. I'm trying to think now. My mind's gone blank as well. All right, we'll leave that question there. Um, now, I must ask this next, this next question to you. I have to ask this question to everybody that we speak to from overseas, especially a lot of the UK fans like to hear the answer to this one. Who would you say... Brandon, uh, is your favorite UK fighter from, you know, all time? It can be still fighting now. It can be, you know, well retired. All time. All time. Ricky Ann was one of my, one of the favorite because he's a warrior. Uh, even there's a guy, uh, the one I fought a long, long time ago, I had a lot of respect from uh, Murray. What's his name? John Murray. John Murray. Yeah, yeah. You know, he came in with uh, battle. Fucking, uh, what's the other dude's name that is, uh, name, name some of the fighters over there. Okay, so some of the main names that people say when it comes to this question is, um, Prince Nassim. That guy was a tremendous fucking athlete, man. That guy, he moved around, he danced, he had power in both hands, and he, the way he dances was just unbelievable. <laughs> I've seen your dance moves, actually, in some gym videos. You've got some decent moves yourself. Oh, but see that he did it in the ring. I would do that for fun. This guy <laughs> actually was fighting the guys, and he was dancing around. Which it was Prince Asim was a badass man. He was a bad man. <laughs> okay, excellent. and not only that, but he did have power. He did have power too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Knocked a lot of people out. Really good fight, definitely. Um, now, the last thing I want to ask you, Brandon, really, I want to just give you an opportunity to send a message to all of your UK fans. You've got a lot of guys over here who are big fans of yourself. So if you've got a message for them, please say it. Well, you know, everybody out there in the UK, thanks you guys for the support. And also, uh, you know me, I'm always trying to battle out for you guys. And I'm always giving you guys hell of a fight. Sorry for my last performance. It wasn't the greatest. It wasn't the best. It wasn't me. But at the end of the day, we'll be back. And I'll be strong, and I'll be way better than ever. So thank you guys for the follows, and also thank you guys for going online and and purchasing my merchandise and everything. Sooner we'll be coming out with new shirts and everything. So at the end of the day, thank you guys, love you guys, and thanks for the blessings, and uh, and I'll be back shortly soon. Excellent stuff. Listen, Brandon, I'd just like to say it's been my pleasure speaking with you, one of the true warriors in the sport of boxing. I wish you well for the future and we'll no doubt speak again soon. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. And yes, definitely. 
Okay, now it's time for part two on this week's show. This part that we're going into is called the preview part, where we preview the fights coming up this weekend. And as I said before, there's really not too much to preview. I think we've maybe got about two or three fights really to read out. We're going to start over in New York, USA, of course, in the Rhinos Stadium, top of the bill, Jarrell Big Baby Miller. Of course, that's a heavyweight who was making a lot of noise quite a while back, but seems to um, not really get that make-or-break fight, you know, that fight that's that kind of um, makes him a serious contender or not. We, we get to see that, you know, no disrespect there, but that's what it is from a lot of... Uh, heavyweight boxers, USA, UK, all over the world. Uh, you know, they all they all kind of shoot off a little bit, which is fantastic, by the way. But you know, we can never kind of rubber stamp them as being the real deal until we see that solidifying fight, really. And um, he's got a good fight here, I've got to say. Jarrell, Big Baby Miller, seventeen and zero with the one draw. This is for the WBO NABO heavyweight title, and he faces Fred Cassie. Now, Fred Cassie, of course, gave Huey Fury. Um, I'm not going to say a good fight because Huey Fury seemed to win the fight. You know, pretty much most of the rounds, pretty pretty wide. But it wasn't. Um, he's very hard to hit clean. Fred Cassie, very 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 awkward. And I think it's um, it speaks for itself that Jarrell Miller's actually taking this fight because this is someone who is really really hard to look good against. And Fred Cassie, of course, with a record of 18 wins, five losses, and one draw. And this will be a really interesting contest. To be honest, both guys' styles. Um, really kind of set for a bit of a boring fight, but I'm hoping I'm wrong. And a win, a win over um, Fred Cassie for Big Baby Miller will be a really good win. And I think we can start talking about him as a serious contender if he pulls it off in style for sure. And also on this bill, a fight I should mention between Bakhtiar Ayubov. Now Ayubov has a record of ten wins. Zero losses and all 10 wins by knockout. He takes on Karim Mayfield. Now, Karim Mayfield was a bit of a prospect a couple of years back. And um, he was really sort of set to be the next big thing. And um, he kind of hit a bit of a um, a bit of a snag, to be honest. And he, he really hasn't fulfilled his potential. He's actually um, lost three of his last four fights, which... Um, which are the only three losses on his record. But his record at the moment, Karim Mayfield, um, 19 wins, three losses and one draw. And those three losses, one to Thomas Delorme, who's a good fighter in his own right, one to Emmanuel Taylor, and one to Dmitry Mikalenko, who had a record of 20-0 and 0 going into that fight. That was his last fight, actually. That was back in uh, January of this year. So all three losses by unanimous decision after 10 rounds. So he hasn't actually been knocked out or anything like that, but three losses in his last four fights. So he's really not in great form. And the guy he's taking on, although he hasn't really fought anybody yet, he's banging everybody out within the distance. As I said, 10 wins, 10 knockouts. So that's set to be a bit of a contest. And that'd be very, very interesting to see who comes through that one. It's the first kind of um, real test for EU Bov. And of course, if Karim Mayfield can, can, uh, can beat him here, he can, he can write, you know, he can change the, the momentum 
and start maybe going on a bit of a win streak as he did before. So it's it's a bit of a strange fight. It's come at the wrong time for Karim Mayfield, but he's in there as an opponent here. This guy is in here to beat him. So we'll we'll have to wait and see on that one. But absolutely brilliant stuff. He's a bit of good matchmaking. It's a fight that I'd like to see. I'm happy that it's been made. Now there's two last fights to talk about, both of them over in the USA. The first one is in the Wisconsin center, top of the bill, Lewis Arias. Now, we had him on our show a little bit of a while back now, probably about maybe three or four months. Nice guy, Lewis Arias, 15-0, and 0, undefeated, former fighter for Floyd Mayweather until those guys split. There was a bit of a promotional split there, and um, Lewis Arias talked all about that on our show. But no, he's a, he's a very nice guy, and of course, he's fighting in his hometown of Wisconsin. He takes on Daryl Cunningham, who has a record of 33 wins and eight losses. It's a 10-rounder, and it's for the vacant USBA middleweight title. So all the best to Lewis Arias. We're pulling for you here on the Box Hard podcast. But that's it for that one. We're now going to go over to our final fight of this part of the show, the preview part, of course. We're going to go over to New York, Coney Island, obviously the USA. Top of the bill, Errol Spence Jr., 20-0, and 0, a real threat in the 147 welterweight division. He takes on crafty veteran Leonard Bundu, 33 wins, one loss, and two draws. Now, this is a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant fight. I don't care what anybody says. Errol Spence Jr., young guy, coming up. He really, really seems to be the real deal. We're seeing promising things from him. He really seems to be doing everything correctly. He hasn't really put a foot wrong yet. Good power, um, good athleticism. Everything looks absolutely brilliant. Of course, he's in that position to face Kell Brook soon. And a lot of people don't think that Kell Brook really wants a piece of Errol Spence Jr. But we're yet to see what's going to happen with that. But he takes on crafty veteran Leonard Bundu. Now, Leonard Bundu very much um, untested in terms of his whole career. However, he came up against Frankie Gavin and he beat Frankie Gavin. That was a really good win. Then he was in line to face Keith Furman and Keith Furman beat him pretty, you know, pretty, he beat him, he beat him up to be honest in that fight without mincing my words. Um, So this is going to be, this is going to be a real good test for Errol Spence Jr. I think if he gets him out of here in style, it's a really, really good win. Um, To date, I think that Errol Spence Jr.'s best win was definitely the win over Chris Algieri. Absolutely brilliant, brilliant, brilliant win there. And as I say, this is this is a make or break. You know, if if he gets well, I don't want to say it's a make or break. I think maybe I overused that term a little bit too much here. But I think Bundu, he's he's very crafty, he's very tricky, he's very awkward, and he's got a lot of experience. Remember, he's the much more experienced man. He's almost double Errol Spence Jr.'s age here, so he's very much the more mature man. So uh, this would be a really, really, really good fight here, and I. Definitely will be tuning into this one. And that's really it for the previewing on this week's show. There's one last thing to do before we end part two. And that, of course, is to welcome our second guest. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the former two-time WBO European super middleweight champion, Mr. Frank Bullioni. Frank, welcome to the show. Thanks very much, Jerry. 
Nice one, mate. Nice one. Now, Frank, you're fighting on the, obviously, September the 24th for the British light heavyweight title against Josea Burton. Now, for me, a yeah. couple of years back, I didn't actually know who Josea Burton was. I mean, in comparison with you, you're the much bigger name here. However, he's put together a good string of wins recently, and myself, along with many others, really rate him now. Firstly, what's your opinion on Josea Burton? How good is he, and how do you see this fight playing out? Well, he's a, he's, a, he's a very good fighter. Um, he's British champion, so um, that accolade speaks for itself. I think it's a real honour to uh, to win the British title, and it it shows you um, you your class. Um, you're you're the best in the domestic scene. So yeah, I, I rate Jose Byrne. I boxed him once before in the amateurs. Um, we had a good fight. I come out on top of that one, and um, I expect the, the same to uh, to happen in the pro game. I'm um, I'm training. I'm training like it's a world title fight. I've, I've been and I've prepared for world titles, and um, I, I know the I know the setup and what you got to put into this uh, to, into this sport to get the best out of it. And um, I'll be I'll be taking that with me, and uh, I'll be coming out victorious, no doubt in my mind. Absolutely. Now a lot of people kind of see this one as a bit of a fifty-fifty. I want to ask you: Do you see this as a fifty-fifty? Um, personally, no. It's a, it's a fight I've been chasing um, as soon as I, as soon as I moved up to light heavyweight. I was chasing the British title. And then um, when Miles Shinkwin and Jose Byrne for it, I was I was ready to fight the winner um, as soon as I could. Um, so I've been chasing Jose Byrne for a little while now, and I had no success. They they didn't want the fight, um, so we forced their hand. I become a mandatory, and um, it went to purse bids. And obviously, now they have to fight me. So they obviously didn't want the fight. We did. Um, so I think that tells you a little bit more as well. Yeah, of course. Now, since stepping up too light heavy, you've only fought half a round before knocking out your last opponent. You're obviously, yep. you know, getting in the ring with a guy who's a natural light heavy. Do you feel that you're a bit of a disadvantage because of that factor at all? Nah, I um, definitely not. I was, uh, I was very, I was, I was really struggling to make super middleweight in the end. Uh, I should have been a light heavy about a year ago, but because the uh, the big opportunities were there, um, well, I, I mean, first off. I probably I should have moved up from super middleweight before the Lee Markham fight. I was having problems um, making the weight, but I wanted I wanted that fight. It was a bit of a grudge match for me, so it kept me there. And then once the world title opportunity came along, I did what I had to do to to stay at super middle. But after that, I took a little bit of a rest, and my weight it went to where it naturally should be. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm one of the strongest in the world at light heavyweight. There's no question in my mind about that, and um, I'll be showing that on the September 24th. Absolutely. Now, I want to get in my virtual time machine here. I want to go back to um, April the 12th, 2014. I was sitting ringside when you fought Sergei Kamitsky. Everybody yep. was expecting, you know, big things from yourself. Frank Frank Warren had moved you along pretty speedily. Obviously, you lost that fight. It threw a huge spanner in the works. Then you went on to fight the likes of Andrew Robinson and, and uh, as you just mentioned, Lee Markham in really good action-packed fights. But no disrespect to both men, you're a bit of a level above them, in my opinion. Was it around that time, I was going to ask you, was it around that time that you decided uh, you'd be better off moving up in weight, but you kind of answered that already? Yeah, um, obviously those, those, were the, those were the fights put in front of me. I mean, Andrew Robinson was an undefeated fighter, um, yeah. so he was a bit of a bit of an unknown. Um, he was very, very tough, very strong. Um, again, I, I should have had him out of there, really. The shots kind of come at the end of the round when I hurt him, um, but on a different night, I'm sure I would have, I would have got him out of there, which I, I should have done. Um, Lee Markham, he um, he put up the fight of his life. 
I didn't perform to the best of my ability, but a fight I still thought I nicked, and um, I could have done better in that fight. But you know what? I'm I'm in a better place now, and it's it's all happened, and um, I've got no regrets. I'm I'm at, I'm at where I'm at, and um, I'm ready to to move on and uh, really fulfil my potential. Excellent, excellent. Now, of course, you're now being trained by Don Charles. We spoke to Don on our show, I think, a couple of weeks after being appointed as your trainer. We've only seen, obviously, as I said, only half a round with Don in your corner. But how are things going in the gym? What's the relationship like? And what, what things are you doing differently from before? Um, well, again, it's, it's obviously it's similar to, to the uh, training I was doing with Pascal Collins. Don, obviously, he brings a few new new things and uh, new tricks, tricks um and he's obviously got his experience. Um, I really rate Don as a trainer. Um, I didn't know how good he was until I joined him and um, started really working with him. His, his, his co-trainer or his assistant trainer, a guy called Luke, Luke Portania. Um, he's a very, very good coach. So between them, they um, they kind of tick all the boxes. And uh, as I say, it's, it's a good thing that people have only seen 90 seconds of me because I'd be struggling to get fights even more. Okay, I like to hear that. That's exciting. <laughs> now, obviously, the main event of the card that you're fighting on, of course, um, Anthony Crawler against Jorge Linares. Now, Crawler's been he's been amazing lately, to be honest. There's, yeah. there's no two ways yeah. about it. Do you think he can pull off the upset against against Linares? It, it would be seen as an upset. He's like the number one man in the division. Well, Linares is a great fighter, but if uh, if someone can do it, I think Anthony Crawler can. He um, he performed fantastic in his last fight. Um, He's a he's a lovely, lovely guy, Anthony Crawler, and he works very, very hard. So um, there's there's no guy you want to see do it more. Um, I'm I'm sure if he uh, if he performs like he did in his last outing, he can um, he can cause the upset, and I'll I'll be rooting for him. I'll be ringside with that British title around my waist, and I'll be rooting for him. Yeah, if momentum's anything, then he's definitely got it. Not even just the last performance, but the last few. Now, without looking past Jose, I know that you wouldn't do that. Um, how long are you looking at staying at that domestic level? Would you look to try and win the British title outright? The thing is, with the light heavyweight division here in Britain, it's not really thriving with so many big names. It's kind of hit and miss. Obviously, you'd have to put Nathan Cleverley at the top of the pile, but he's fighting for a world of title course. later this year. Um and then probably yourself yeah, well, as second best, to be honest. That's how I'd have it. Yeah, well, my, obviously my aim is to, to be a world champion. That being said, I think the British title is a real honour. And uh, I, I'd, I'd love to win it outright. And I think it'd be, it would do my um, do my career good by um, fighting these big domestic fights. Um, there'd be clashes of like, the likes of Tom Baker, ex-teammate. Ex, uh, so there's, uh, there's potential there. Um, and then I'm sure there's some light heavyweights coming through that will... Um, have a bit of a challenge but obviously I want to get to that world level I wouldn't dismiss the uh, the domestic scene uh, I'd love to win that British title outright without doubt yeah for sure now I've got a couple of fun questions for you now Frank a little bit less serious um, the first question I want to throw at you on a scale of 1 to 10 1 being awful and 10 being excellent how good is Spike O'Sullivan's Chris Eubank senior impression oh it's not bad at all I'll, I'll, give, I'll give him a 7 or 8 I think the accent's slightly off but the uh, the mannerisms and the uh, the, the, the general uh, gist of it's very good give him credit for that one I had to throw that one in there moving a tiny <laughs> bit more serious now Kel Brook against Golovkin how do you see that one going Big Frank uh, I've got a link towards Golovkin I mean um, credit credit where credit's due uh, Kel Brook he, he's got some uh, he's got some balls let's put it that way um and fair play to him, he's going into this fight with all intentions to win his 
he's not in there to make up the numbers. He's, he's going to try and win. So, um, again, I'd love to see him pull it off. Um, but I don't see it. I see Golovkin as, although the, the shape weight showed otherwise, Golovkin's the bigger man, naturally. And um, you've got to go with the, the Kazakhstan. Yeah, for sure. Fingers crossed. And also, obviously, you're in a weight class now where on world level, you've got two of the biggest pound-for-pound punchers in world boxing in Kovalev and Stevenson. It looks like Kovalev's taking on Andre Ward on November the 19th. How do you see that one playing out? Yeah, I think think I'm leaning towards Andre Ward. I mean, the more I watch Andre Ward, the the more I appreciate how good he is. Um, It's it's a little-known fact that um, he's a master of Wing Chun as well, and you see some of the inside fighting. He's got to be one of the best inside fighters around. Um, and strength-wise, although Kovalev's a massive puncher, I'd probably I'd lean towards Andre Ward being stronger. Um, he manhandles his uh, opponents. He pushes them around. He catches them off balance. His speed and reactions, his timing, I think they're all going to be uh, telling factors. And although I, I really rate Kovalev, um, I think he's a great fighter and obviously a real powerhouse and a good puncher. I'm going to lean towards Andre Wall just on uh, sheer skill and um, ability. Oh, so mouthful in that clash anyway. Right, yeah. Frank, finally, I want to give you an opportunity to send a message to any of your supporters. I know you've got a crazy bunch of fans that may be listening. Oh, my uh, my supporters, obviously, fans, fantastic. And I've, I've been really fortunate to have such good support uh, throughout my career. And I know a, uh, maybe a little over 100 of them will be coming down to Manchester and um, bring a lot of noise and excitement with them. So, uh, um, massive thanks to all of them and uh, to all the people that are going to be watching on Sky Sports. Um, hopefully, I'll pick up some uh, some more support as well. Absolutely, Frank. I'm sure you will. Right, listen, it's always a pleasure speaking with you, my friend. You're a true gentleman, always have been. I wish you the best of luck for the 24th of September, and no doubt we'll speak again soon. Jerry, thanks very much. Thanks for your time. Okay, now it's time to conclude episode 46 of the Box Hard Podcast. I've been your host, Joey Coastman. A massive thank you to the two guests that took part in this week's show, former world champion Mr. Brandon Rios and former two-time European champion Mr. Frank Bullioni. As always, the biggest thank you of the lot goes out to the listeners that make this show what it is. This week's show and last week's show, I've had to do the entire shows on my own, and I'll tell you what, it really hasn't felt like it. Last week's show, I had some great viewing figures, and my fingers are crossed that this week's show, it's exactly the same. Remember, this is a freebie. This is something that we're giving back to the fans of the sport that we love. So I really hope that you've enjoyed this week's show. We'll be back next week with another big show, as always, until then, take care.